Hey guys, welcome back to the Life by Taylor podcast where we break down some of the best personal development and spirituality books so we can learn and grow together. It is a beautiful Wednesday and I posted on my story asking which book I should read from and the most votes were for the book, The Science of Getting Rich. Now before I begin, I want to tell you guys how I even came across this book and to give you a little bit of a disclaimer because what I'm about to read is going to be triggering. I was actually introduced to this book through the book You're a Badass at Making Money where she talks about how this book really, really triggered her but it ended up really changing her life and her mindset around money. And I always wondered what was it that triggered her so much? And I think she even mentions it. She says that it starts off very triggering and debunks some of our biggest limiting beliefs around money collectively and personally. So I decided to start by reading that first chapter, the first few pages of the book, and I was like, okay, I think this is what I'm going to read on the podcast today. So buckle up. This is not an easy listen. It's not easy for me to read, to be honest. I even read it and was like, okay, this is going to be interesting, but let's just, let's just get into it. Let's just begin. Last thing before we start, I think it's so important to go into things like this with the mindset that... I don't have to agree with everything. I don't need to be convinced. No one's trying to convince me. I get to learn and take from this whatever speaks true to me. And I also can challenge my own beliefs through being exposed to other extreme beliefs. So nothing that I'm saying is for you to be convinced or to persuade you. You can stay thinking exactly the way you do. But if you're listening to this episode and you're looking for ways to attract more money, then you're probably doing something's wrong. And I'm saying this to myself as well. And exposing yourself to different ways of seeing things will always work in your favor. So try your best to keep an open mind, let it in, and then you could choose what you do with it. Chapter one, the right to be rich. Whatever may be said in praise of poverty, the fact remains that it is not possible to live a really complete or successful life unless one is rich. No one can rise to his greatest potential, height, and talent or soul development unless he has plenty of money. For to unfold the soul and to develop talent, he must have many things to use. And he cannot have these things unless he has money to buy them with. A person develops in mind, soul, and body by making use of things. And society is so organized that man must have money in order to become the possessor of things. Therefore, the basis of all advancement must be the science of getting rich. The object of all life is development, and everything that lives has an inalienable right to all the development it is capable of attaining. A person's right to life means his right to have the free and unrestricted use of all the things which may be necessary to his fullest mental, spiritual, and physical unfolding. Or, in other words, his right to be rich. In this book, I shall not speak of riches in a figurative way. To be really rich does not mean to be satisfied or contented with a little. No one ought to be satisfied with a little if he is capable of using and enjoying more. The purpose of nature is the advancement and unfolding of life, and everyone should have all that can contribute to the power, elegance, beauty, and richness of life. To be content with less is sinful. The person who owns all he wants for the living of all the life he is capable of living is rich, and no person who has not plenty of money can have all that he wants. Life has advanced so far and become so complex that even the most ordinary man or woman requires a great amount of wealth in order to live in a manner that even approaches completeness. Every person naturally wants to become all that they are capable of becoming. This desire to realize innate possibilities is inherent in human nature. We cannot help wanting to be all that we can be. 
success in life is becoming what you want to be. You can become what you want to be only by making use of things, and you can have the free use of things only as you become rich enough to buy them. To understand the science of getting rich is therefore the most essential of all knowledge. There is nothing wrong with wanting to get rich. The desire for riches is really the desire for a richer, fuller, and more abundant life. And that desire is praiseworthy. The person who does not desire to live more abundantly is abnormal. So the person who does not desire to have enough money to buy all he wants is abnormal. There are three motives for which we live. We live for the body, we live for the mind, and we live for the soul. No one of these is better or holier than the other. All are alike desirable, and no one of the three, body, mind, or soul, can live fully if either of the others is cut short of full life and expression. It is not right or noble to live only for the soul and deny mind or body, and it is wrong to live for the intellect and deny body and soul. We are all acquainted with the loathsome consequences of living for the body and denying mind and soul. And we see that real life means the complete expression for all that a person can give forth through body, mind, and soul. Whatever he can say, no one can really be happy or satisfied unless his body is living fully in its every function, and unless the same is true for his mind and his soul. Wherever there is unexpressed possibility, or function not performed, there is unsatisfied desire. Desire is possibility seeking expression, or function seeking performance. A person cannot live fully in body without good food, comfortable clothing, warm shelter, without freedom from excessive toil, and rest and recreation are also necessary to his physical life. One cannot live fully in mind without books and time to study them, without opportunity for travel and observation, or without intellectual companionship. To live fully in mind, a person must have intellectual recreations and must surround himself with all the objects of art and beauty he is capable of using and appreciating. To live fully in soul, a person must have love, and love is denied fullest expression by poverty. A person's highest happiness is found in the bestowal of benefits on those he loves. Love finds its most natural and spontaneous expression in giving. The individual who has nothing to give cannot fill his place as a spouse or parent, as a citizen, or as a human being. It is in the use of material things that a person finds full of life for his body, develops his mind, and unfolds his soul. It is therefore of supreme importance to each individual to be rich. It is perfectly right that you should desire to be rich. If you are a normal man or woman, you cannot help doing so. It is perfectly right that you should give your best attention to the science of getting rich, for it is the noblest and most necessary of all studies. If you neglect this study, you are derelict in the duty to yourself, to God, and humanity, for you can render to God and humanity no greater service than to make the most of yourself. Okay. <laughs> I'd be lying if I said that those words don't trigger me. There is this... There's this spiritual part of me that's like, you don't need things, you don't need money. But I also recognize that that stems from, I recognize that that stems from a very traumatizing experience with money in the past that, that created the pathway for me to believe those things from a place to protect myself from what I perceive money as. And I'll share a little bit that money was always used against me. My dad has money. And I went to a charter school in a low socioeconomic area and I stood out for being someone who has money. And it always felt like it discredited or invalidated anything I was going through because people judged me for having money, as if money solved all problems, as if money was the most important thing. It didn't matter that I came from a broken home and a really difficult life. 
it would be easy for people to dismiss any struggles I went through because I have a nice car and a nice house. So from a very young age, I resented that. I resented money and I didn't see it as something positive. Even further than that, I grew up with a dad who used money as a form of love and withdrew love through money or would threaten me or when I would ask for affection in other ways would always point to how much he supports me financially or what he bought me and this is said with so much compassion in my heart for my dad there's no judgment there of course that's the best that's the what he knows and the best he could do but obviously this created this resentment and anger towards money that created this this very strong belief that I don't need money and fuck money and I'll be fine even if I don't have money. Reading this, and if this triggered you on any level, I would say explore the part of you that is triggered. It is pointing to a part of you that isn't free. If it triggered you, then it is really for you to look at and do the work to see why. I agree with the author of this book to an extent because I realized that money is a beautiful thing and it's a great thing and it's a tool and it is something that allows us to have freedom and power to be generous and to make an influence in this world and to have an impact. And because so many of us have such traumatizing and negative experiences around money, we shut off from it. We create this stigma around it that it's a bad thing, it's a negative thing to want it. Wanting to be rich is not something that is honorable. We almost glamorize not wanting money, glamorize living minimally. Now you can live minimally. You could have a lot of money and live minimally. No one's asking you to live in a big house and have a nice car. I don't see myself even the day that I will be very rich on my own. I do not see myself driving a very expensive car. I don't see myself carrying designer bags. I I just don't. Those things don't speak to me. But I definitely would love to be able to afford to invest time with my children and to invest time in learning from different people around the world and traveling the world. And those are things that get me really excited. Now, I cannot go out and set out to be rich if I perceive money to be something that is dangerous and harmful and negative. Subconsciously, you think it's something that's negative and that's going to cause you pain and troubles, then you're not going to actually want it. And even if you have it, you're not going to keep it. You're going to spend it or you're not going to know what to do with it or you're just going to feel like it doesn't belong to you. You're not going to want to attract more. This is something that Naval Ravikant also speaks of a lot that everyone can and should want to try and be wealthy. And at first that also triggered me because there's this part of me that's like, well, not everyone can. And what if I don't? Then that does that mean that my life is miserable? And it's just like this, this very defeating scarcity mindset almost a victim mindset as well that comes out that's like there's a lot of self-pity. There's a lot of fear around it. What if I don't make it? What if I don't have it? Then what are you saying? What are you saying in this? But I think when you get closer to the truth and understand that money is just one of those things that you actually do need to thrive in life, then it's like saying, yeah, if you don't take care of your body and your health, you're going to pay a lot of money going to doctors or going to have a lot of discomfort in your physical body and there's consequences to that. If you don't invest in changing your mindset around money and attracting and making money, then the quality of your life will decrease. It's just a fact. Now, all of the things that come up for you once that fact is mentioned, all of the limiting beliefs and the fears, and for me, it's, holy shit, I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know anything about money. I'm not good with money. I'm not financially literate enough, blah, 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 blah. That's your work. That's where you got to do the work. I'm not saying it's easy. I don't think it's easy. 
And I don't think making money is hard. I think what's hard is unpacking these limiting beliefs and reframing your entire relationship and experience around money. That I think is hard. But so is getting into shape and so is meditating and so is reading and so is listening to a podcast or creating a podcast every day. It's hard. It's not easy. And I'm just a firm believer that the closer you come to reality, no matter how difficult that truth is to swallow, the more free you will be on the other side of it. It might be more convenient and easy and comfortable and less triggering to believe that you don't need money and that you can't make a lot of money and that money isn't the most important thing in life, which it isn't, but it definitely does support the most important things in life. If the most important things in life are family and quality time with friends and an ability to be present, then money allows you to do that. If you don't do that work to change that relationship, it might be easier now. It might be easier for you now to see the world that way. But I do agree to an extent that it will change the quality of your life. Now, this shouldn't discourage you. For me, reading that, it started off kind of triggering, but then it turned into, yeah, fuck yeah. It's okay. I want money and I want to be rich and I want to make money doing good things in the world. And I can. And it's available to me. And it's not bad to think that way. And it's not bad to want it. I want it for good reasons. What I want to do with this money gets me excited. I want you to maybe even re-listen to that and see as you're listening to it, what sentences triggered you? What parts of this created a reaction within you that was negative? And explore that. Why? Where did that come from? Because time and time again, I come back to this understanding that your outside external reality is a reflection of your inner world. The amount of money you have or don't have right now is probably in direct correlation to this relationship you have with this thing called money. And there's so much to say about this. I actually do a whole lesson on this in my group program. There's a workshop I do called Money is Energy. And every student that I've had has really come out of it saying, wow, that really changed the way I see money. And I have a lot of work to do. But if this is a topic that you really struggle with, then don't hesitate to reach out because I definitely have resources. I have sent people specific books they should read that really help them or I've done one-on-one calls with people to really unpack these limiting beliefs with them and tell them what the next steps are. So feel free to reach out if this is something that speaks to you. And that is it for today. I'm gonna keep it short today. So if this episode spoke to you or provided you any value, why not share it, screenshot it, share it on your Instagram story, maybe just send the link to a friend. It helps me, but it also helps other people. I love you and I hope you have an amazing day, afternoon, evening, wherever you are listening to this. I hope it finds you well and at peace. Thank you.